so this is a weird pairing of episodes because we have two episodes that I think are named after 80s hair bands. Okay. Like we have Genesis and we have Journey. I didn't really think that uh, Phil Collins had hair. He has hair on his butt. <laughs> That's not why Genesis was named that. I loved Genesis. They're not it. <laughs> no, the episode. Okay, this was... This I'm was... sorry. I was like really ready to hate this. Uh, and yeah. then something clicked about halfway through. And I'm like, no, this is this is camp. This is wonderful. I love this episode. I think this is amazingly good. <laughs> like this was... I, I guess my thing is I would rather play the video game of this than a Star Trek episode. Well, sure. Like, I, I guess because this is a next-gen episode, nothing really bad is going to happen. And I feel yeah, like... Yeah, Worf is not going to eat Picard. Yeah, I feel like it might have been, you know, this is a story that I felt that that held it back a tiny bit because... Pigard? Pigard. Oh my god, he would have become a... I wanted to see what he was going to turn into. Yeah, that would have been I cool. I was ready for that. Um, <laughs> it's possible that Patrick Stewart had something in his contract that he couldn't have extensive makeup done. <laughs> um, or what if he had hair the whole time and he was... Um, Ooh. That'd be the only difference. He had an amazing head of hair. <laughs> he just like took off the bald cap and like this like locks just flowed out like just golden curls. <laughs> um, like I, I, I feel like they could have, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it would have been like cooler and scarier if a character had been allowed to be killed by this or something like that. Or if it didn't. Well, but the poor guy at the, the, the con was killed. I have my own issues about that. But we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But, you know, but, uh, you know, in terms of I didn't like all of this episode, but there were some really cool scenes. There were some really good scenes, some interesting things. And it was certainly interesting to watch. Well, here's. A, I, OK, so. So, yeah. Genesis is a famously bad episode. Nobody likes it. I like it. Uh, I wasn't expecting to like it. I remember not liking it. And, um, you know, it's Brian and Braga. He has been kind of not doing well this season. Parallels was eh. This episode is also eh. I mean, put my cards on the table. This is not a good episode. But you like it because it's – this is a so bad it's good episode. Yeah, this is absolutely a so bad it's good episode. Like it knows exactly what it is. It doesn't try to – elevate it it doesn't try to do anything else it it doesn't even try to mask the fact that this is just a dumb episode that is supposed to be fun there is an yeah it i mean i think the scene where barclays turned into a spider and does a haunted house jump scare like that's the that's the episode in a nutshell yeah, that's everything much. the episode wants to be well it's not it's like even bored with its own premise because like you know the first 20 minutes are we need to figure out a way to get Picard, like two characters off the ship. So two characters do not turn into these weird, whatever creatures. Right. Yeah. And then, and one of them has to be data because that's the only one who will be able to ultimately. Well, of course that has but, to happen. Sure. But you know, and it's like, people are acting weird. We don't really know why they're acting weird. We just saw I the beholder last week where Troy and Worf were acting weird. And we're like, what's going on here? And then suddenly they're acting weird again. Well, we have and, another like, thing where their relationship is partially caused by like, a virus. <laughs> well, I think that the implication is that they actually are a thing because, like, they didn't seem to uh, be, you know, confused by each other. Like, well, you they, know, they I mean, they're talking about like how they're going to meet and that and the other thing. So, I just feel I, I feel like they keep having these opportunities where they're like, you know, something. All right, there was a parallel universe. Ver- there are several parallel universe versions of ourselves where we got together. Let's explore that here. But shit keeps coming in the way to like you know, mess that up. Like, you know, I feel like this is maybe even one of their first lunch dates. And they're like, all right, let's finally have that lunch date, you know, and everyone's going crazy. Everyone's going crazy. You know, Troy is turning into a a fish woman and and Worf is turning into whatever the fuck he's turning into. Why is she? Okay, so she's eating caviar and then meanwhile drinking a lot of water because she's thirsty. That's not really... uh, And she's also hot. I know. It's just like... Look, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And it's fine. Like, I like the fact that the episode very explicitly... Makes yeah. no sense. Oh, yeah. Doesn't try to make sense. The explanation for why this is happening, you know, it's words. They fit together. I mean, devolution I bothers me as a concept because it's totally, I know. But it's also, it's the kind, 
I guess, you know, we're talking about, well, can we accept it? Uh, you know, I can't accept the idea of de-evolving. One of the, one of the, one of the criticisms of this episode, and everyone's like, oh, this episode is so stupid because de-evolution is not a yeah, real I know, thing, blah, blah, blah. And but, it's like, neither the fuck is warp drive, neither are phasers. Star Trek is not hard science. Star Trek has never been hard sci-fi. Like, this yeah, but, is but, but, but on that a- level. It works. It's te- the, the techno babble is a word but for But you know a something, there's a difference between, I, I guess why this particular concept, because I can, I don't know, you can suspend disbelief and believe that there's a race of psychic aliens. You know, we can say, oh, they have an organ and there's, you know, they produce psychic, you know, juice in their brain. Like, all right, fine, but this is going against an accepted understanding of evolution. The show has never really had a good like understanding oh, I know. grasp of DNA or evolution. I or, say, and, like, and, you know, I guess it's fair because, you know, faster than light travel is going against everything we know about science. Everything on the show is going yeah, against so, science as we know it. I mean, yeah, you so can So why say does that, this particular one bother right, people so much? I don't know. You, it bothers you. It doesn't bother me, so you have to answer but, I mean, that it, question. It, it, I, I, I didn't really factor it into my final rating of the episode, though. Right, but you did say it bothered you, so why does it bother you? Well, because it's not a thing and it's stupid. Okay, but so what? Like that that's kind of my answer to that is like so what? A lot of the things on Star Trek are not real science. So what does it matter? Like it works for the episode. Yeah, it's not real, but we had an episode what last season where they figured out that like all the uh, bipedal alien races in the galaxy like were all evolved on that's some sort true. of DNA template. Like come on, that's ridiculous too. Oh yeah. Uh, Star Trek is ridiculous sometimes. This episode is very ridiculous. Is it entertaining? Hell yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, you that's your right to find it entertaining. I mean, did, were you not entertained? I was entertained. Listen, I just made, I said I was minorly bothered by, like, the de-evolving thing, and you're the one who made it a thing. Well, because that's kind of like the traditional criticism of the episode, is yeah. that it's terrible because of the de-evolution thing. No, I mean... And it's, it's like, yeah, you know, are entrons even a real thing? I don't <laughs> know. I mean, the explanation is so half-assed. I actually... You have to admire how half-assed it is. Yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. that's kind of how I feel about the episode, is like, Brian and Braga half-assed this, like, explanation for why this happened so much that you feel like he was sitting on the toilet taking a shit and was just like, oh, yeah, like... There's some T cells and Barkley gets them injected and then they mutate and become a virus. Like what? Like okay, sure. Why not? Like there's no real. Yeah, thought no. Like I said, I, th- like, I, I just I, I feel like I, I admire the I admire the gall of it. Really? Yeah. That's and no. It, it's. I feel like this episode would have been better had it been again an unrelated thing. If this had been a movie, if this had been an episode of The Outer Limits, you know, something like that. But you know that. Because I think that there were some tie things they were tied to by having it be characters we know and have to see every week. But that said, I mean, okay, but 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 how though? Like, what what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, it's it's it ends a little too neat with you know they release it into the atmosphere and everything's okay, you know, and nobody has any lasting scars from this really fucked up incident, you know. I mean, they do they do say that Dr. Crusher was going to need reconstructive surgery, which I felt like maybe was taking it a bit too yeah, far. Yeah, well, and, and I guess, you know, you can have that with, if it was a, just a different character and not, you know, Dr. Crusher, do you know Right. I mean? Like, there would be a few moments that would feel a little less uncomfortable because of that. Yeah, sure. I and suppose Frank, so. You know, but it's not like it would, you know, it ruined... But at, but at the same time, I feel like the show, this episode in particular, does benefit from us having almost seven years of experience with these characters, knowing how they act, knowing how they would react. I mean, there is something like, horrible about when Data and Picard go onto the ship and it's, you know, there's something very wrong. Like, that's right, because, a very – and because we as the audience have seen – kind of the beginning of this and then that's supposed to be a couple days later and we're see- you know we've extrapolated and we see how it's going to hell you know and right and that's kind of the thing about it i think that that makes it kind of interesting on a on a non-camp level is that you know i don't know that this would work if you had to spend time like as a movie like why would this be interesting like as a two-hour movie i don't know like i think there'd have to be more there yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's a certain amount of shortcutting that, a, that an episodic television show can get away with in, yeah. in a certain thing like this and one of the things i like about episodic television is that it can do this kind of one-off like sort of wacky off-brand thing and the you know the show has been doing that more and more and this is perhaps one of the examples of an episode that works because it's so bad <laughs> but 
I think that at least the very beginning of the episode uh, is, I don't know. It's just, there's, there's a way that the episode is able to shortcut a lot of the stuff that we otherwise would have to spend a lot of time setting up. And we know that Riker is acting weird. We know that Worf is acting weird. We know that Troy is acting weird. We don't know why. And then suddenly it cuts and it's three days later. For, and you're like, what? How did, what? What happened? There was a horrible second, by the way, where I thought that Troy was pregnant with Worf's child. And that was the entire, like, because you had all of these birth metaphors and you had, you know, Spot with the kittens, you oh, know, and yeah. all of that. And she's just like, I'm very thirsty. I have a salt craving, you know. I'm, I'm acting very weird right now. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> No, I, you know, this, this is going to be, I, I, for, like I said, that was the most horrifying moment of the episode, but, well, you um, know, the second to last episode of the series is called Troy is pregnant. So she had that episode already. It was I the first know. episode of season. Um, <laughs> well, it's just kind of like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's bad. The explanation makes no sense. All of the acting is completely over the top, Yeah, but I think it's an episode that knows what it's doing. It knows that it's not great, right? And it's just kind of like we're just going to have fun with this. But the episode, I mean, the scenes there's a, there's a looseness to it that I appreciate. Oh yeah, and the scenes where it's being scary or creepy or disturbing are very effective. Again, when the the scene with Troy when they see her and she's a fish, that's a very fucked up scene. Oh yeah, like sure. The, um, well, I mean, you've always said that you're a fan of body horror. Yeah, like on that level. I mean, the, the, I this. When Worf spits the venom at Crusher, that was, I mean, that was an awful scene. I loved it. You know, it's very tensely directed. You know, it's something really bad happens to a character. Which is interesting you say that because you know who directed this episode. Who? Gates McFadden. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Good for her. That's why she was sidelined for most of the episode. Okay. Now that makes sense. Um, That's right. She didn't turn into anything, did she? No, she didn't. She was put in stasis by Nurse Ogawa, who is now a lieutenant. I was going to say, she's the new O'Brien. Kind of, yeah. Like we we see, you know, they've they've been upping the character now that O'Bri- so O'Brien is in Deep Space Nine now, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, now that he's gone, like they they've slowly shunted a lot of, you know, she's kind of our stand-in. We've seen a lot, we're familiar with, and you know, we get small glimpses of her. Per- yeah, because she was pregnant too, you know, and I thought, oh god, Troy's too. Um. You know, we get these glimpses of her personal life and just seeing what one of the non-main cast is doing on a regular basis, you know, and she's a little closer to every day, you know. Yeah. A little less so now that she's been promoted, now that she's, yeah. you know, going to. But, like, still, I, I like that, you know, again, you, you she was probably just cast and, you know, just kept being in their recurring role and, you know, they just liked her and give her more to do. But I like that, you know. Yeah, no, I like her as a character. I think that she's really interesting um, as far as she goes. I mean, she's never going to be someone that's driving an episode. But it's it's. I like when the show Beyond, is like, lower to, decks, but yeah. Yeah, but I think, like, I like when the show is able to have the same actor or actress come back over and over again and sort of establish that they're... There's like a continuity here. Like yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's like this um, woman on the bridge that has sort of like a short haircut, and I don't think she's ever said anything, but she's been there enough yeah. that I've noticed her, and it's kind of stuff like that which I appreciate. No, they do. They do again. That's that's how Barkley became a character. You know, obviously Nurse Ogawa is an extra that you know had some really good interaction with Crusher, and you know, frankly, their chemistry together has turned into one of the more interesting, you know, yeah. minor relationships in the show, but and I don't know, I just I just appreciate, you know, aside from that, I appreciate how this how this episode is constructed because you know, one of the things about Brennan Braga is that and I think perhaps why Parallels wasn't too much of a success and maybe why this episode isn't very good is that uh, it has nothing to do with characterization, right? It's just really just an episode, an excuse to make a bunch of weird shit happen and monsters jump out of Picard and Data. Yeah. That's fine, though. I think that, you know, whatever. It doesn't need to be profound statements on the human condition all the time. Yeah, none of the uh, characters became animals that, like, expressed their inner selves or anything right. like that. You, that, know? that you could see, been... frankly, I could see that being horrible if they had done that. But Well, yeah, that would have been terrible. Uh, and so what I like about this is that, you know, Brian and Braga, he's maybe out of ideas, you know, like he may be, at least for, for those big set piece episodes, because, you know, one of the things we always commented on about yeah. Braga is that his episodes always do have that like central scene. This that's, one doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, 
but what I like about it is that it doesn't need it because it's a very different type of episode yeah. than what he usually does. It is kind uh, of meandering. Again, it's a bunch of it, weird shit at the beginning. It's just kind of slice of life. Like, There's they're this not... whole business with the cat. and Well, they're very much like just kind of hanging out because yeah. they say at the very beginning of the episode that they're just testing the new guidance systems on the weapons. I mean, what if the... I, they're I, not doing anything, really. I thought it was funny, like, at the beginning, you know, Picard's like, I'm going on the ship, and, you know, like, Riker's okay, but it's very obvious, like, the captain's bored. Right. Like, you know, and he's just like, listen, you know, I need to get off the ship for a couple hours. Like, let me just do a very non-dangerous mission, you know? Yeah, like, that's like, that's good. I like that. Yeah, that, you know? that's... And, and frankly, it shows, yeah, how bored everyone kind of is if Riker has no... You know, if Riker's reaction to Picard, you know, going is, oh, have fun, kid, you know? Right. Then you know that this is low stakes at the beginning. And I think the other thing I like about it is that the the, the, the humor in the episode actually works. You know, Star Trek is famous for not really doing humor yeah. very well. and. The beginning of the episode is funny. Like, Bar- Barkley is bored and checking, you know, with their version of WebMD. <laughs> you know, he thinks he's dying. You know I mean? Data's freaking out about his cat having kittens, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I have to say, I love that, uh, uh, what, you know, Data gives the, you know, this assignment to Barkley, and Barkley is, like, totally on it. Like, and you have to think, like, Barkley is a paranoid hypochondriac. So he is like the best person to have in a medical situation because he knows every possible thing that can go wrong. He knows how scary it is. He knows how to calm them down. Like, you know, I have an aunt who's very like – she was sick of the – but like whenever someone's sick, like she's like, oh, you know – do this, you know, or try this, you know, or here, here's something I use, you know, she's great, you know, with it. So, like, I like that, you know, they give Barkley something to do and suddenly, like, he's he's 100% focused, you know, because he, he's the kind of person who needs someone besides himself to worry about. No, absolutely, yeah. And, I, I mean, I you know, I, I don't want to discount the possibility – well, discount the episode as well because I think that, you know, while it is bad and while it's not really about the characters, there's nothing in here that's, like – denigrating the character well i mean they're not, the, they're the, 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 the as, character all true to all the characters right it's true to all the characters not treated as jokes i mean the humor is coming out of the characterizations that have already been established and if the episode is not establishing anything new well that's okay yeah not every episode needs to but you know yeah i like the idea that you know barkley is in crusher's office every you know few weeks you know when there's when there's a lull in the work he goes over to crusher you know and yeah. he panics about something and you know just what they're used to I feel like Crusher is a little too blasé about the fact that she accidentally created this virus that people died as a result of. Like at the end, she's like, "Oh well, you know, you know, man died, was ripped to shreds by probably a friend of mine, but we're okay." Might have been Worf. Who knows? I was gonna say it's implied to be Worf or Riker or someone. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess is that why you had a problem with that guy dying? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, mm, Crusher, you know. Crusher would be, like, racked so with guilt over that. I mean, I guess so, but I think that, I don't know, that 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 is a criticism of the episode, and I think that, yeah, sure. You know, but at the same time, does Genesis live in the same universe as Train of Command or the yeah, Head yeah. or the Measure of a Man? Like, I don't know. I, mean, frankly, I don't know how much you can treat this as, like, a real... I, I Frankly, those last two lines between Troy and Crusher were Troy's like, you know... Two days ago, he turned into a spider, and now he's got a disease named after him. And Troy just goes, you know, I'm just going to take a few weeks off, you know? And it's like... It's like an episode of Chips. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's... You know, you can just picture, like, we're just all just going to take a week and go to Ryza, because that was really fucking weird. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, I guess, you know... I don't know, the, the... the sort of end of the episode, I think, is the only area where it's really kind of falling down a little bit because all the setup is really interesting and sort of like seeing what everyone has turned into is interesting. But da- watching Data and Picard sort of go through the motions of figuring out what's wrong and then disseminating the cure and Worf chasing them or whatever, like that feels a little like we've seen that before. Like the whole episode is. I don't know. It's leading up to something and it it never really seems to lead up to anything. It's just sort of like, all right, well, this is done. And while I appreciate all of the, the sort of like ironic aspects to the episode and why it's enjoyable to watch, there are parts of it where you're just kind of sitting there and you're like, all right, we've seen this before. Yeah. Like we don't need to see this again. And it was a weird choice to have 
Picard turn into like a small mammal? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah, like, I'm also... afraid like this is, you know, like that just seemed like a weird. I mean, I know they were trying to create some sort of dramatic tension, you know, because he had to man up. I don't yeah. want to use that phrase. Uh, he had to but like, he, you know, uh, he had to he's in a, get... he's seen its courage in his situation. Yeah. You know, just as, you know, Riker, you know, loses all of his intelligence, you know, and he's not able to think on his feet and he's not, you know, and yeah, you know, I get, you know, I mean, I will say like, I like the way that they. There is a lot that's good in the direction of the episode in that they don't linger over the monsters. I mean, we don't really see, you know, uh, Troy's the only one we really see much of. And, you know, her gills are so creepy that, you know, it works. But, like... I mean, we see Barkley. We see... But for a couple of seconds, you know, and, you know, he jumps off and, you know, is gone before we can really take a look at him. Worf is the one that has the most screen time. And he's shot, like, mostly in darkness or yeah. fleeting glimpses. and. Like I, I think it's 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 done cleverly in that you never get a chance to see the the zipper on the suit, you know, which is frankly helps the creepiness of the episode. The scenes with Worf chasing are intense because you know we don't even completely know what this thing looks like. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, I think that's, so. He's just this gigantic juggernaut, you know. So I mean that that was very effective. There are. Like I said, the parts of this episode that don't work are cheesy or ridiculous, but the parts that do work. The, the the action sequences, the scary sequences, the, those do work very well. well. Yeah, you know, and, and for I mean, and credit to Gates McFadden for doing a good job of directing the episode because I'm sure that this was difficult to direct. Yeah. I mean, she does a really good job of all that stuff. Again, you know, it's a very visual episode. It's a very direct. visual episode, and she's very good at uh, shooting it like a horror movie, essentially. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what it is, right? It's a horror movie, and so all those things, like the quick shots and this kind of thing, those are just kind of on the one hand it's very standard i mean she's not doing anything that's not uh done you know a hundred times before but she's doing it very well and pulling it off well yeah i was gonna say that that these things are you know techniques are used for a reason and she uses them all very well yeah yeah exactly um and you know frankly i mean you know uh uh uh, you know props to the makeup department as well because i'm sure this was not an easy episode to pull off um, there was a lot of makeup in this episode, and I'm sure it took a lot of time. Mm. So good for them, too. Yay. Uh, the, the one thing that I do have about this episode, though, which is maybe just a question for you, is um, isn't it irresponsible to like have unneutered or unspayed cats running around? You know, something on a spaceship like who's going to adopt those kittens? Who's going to take care of them? I mean, I think it'll be adorable. They don't have a little kitty pound on the ship. Data's going to take care of all of them. Data's going to take care of five cats now? Well, I told you, uh, uh, Barkley needs somebody to, you know, look after and take care of. And he's probably going to take a few of the kittens. And what happens to the people that are allergic to cats? You know, are the the environmental systems that good? Eric, remember that, like, this is the place that, like, cured headaches. So, I mean, Barkley is pumped to the gills with it. To the gills. Barkley is pumped to the spinnerets with uh, antihistamines as it is anyway. So, you know, he gets cortisone shots every three days. Yeah. Well, I will give Genesis... 10 because why the hell not all right let's 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 say eric oh my god if we ever make an episode guide we need to just put genesis as your number one episode okay i'm with that well we'll do this it will cause so much internet anger it will and you know what else will cause internet anger what the return of wesley crusher in journey's end journey's end i think this is a really good episode you know something i mostly liked this episode i think it has some problematic elements but on the whole, I think that it was a really, really nice send-off for the character of Wesley Crusher. Oh, yeah. And it finally kind of closed that whole Traveler thing and, you know, something. Yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah. I don't... Okay, let's... let's let's. Where do you want to go with well, this? Uh, yeah, do you I'm want to a... talk about Wesley? Do you want to talk about the Traveler? Do you want to talk about the Cardassians? Do you want to talk about Admiral Nechev and Picard and how much okay. they want to fuck? Do you want to talk about the Indians? What do you want to talk See, about? See, like, I found the... There's like five things to talk about. The Cardassians I found completely uninteresting, frankly. Uh, Now, I think a lot of that has to do with me not seeing Deep Space Nine yet, which is I know where they're really a thing. For the most part, the Cardassians have been... The Cardassians in the They've been the Klingons. They've been the Romulans. They've been just whatever military power is. They're functional. In some cases, more so than others. In this case, is probably one of the less so. They're not really distinctly anything in this episode, I would say. Um, 
you know, sure. you, yeah, swap them out with Romulans and you have the same episode. But, sure. you know, now, I think it's interesting that you say that because, of course, with with, you know, me having all of the knowledge of Deep Space Nine, um, the the sort of uh, fact that the Native American tribe at the end of the episode decides to stay in Cardassian territory and give up their Federation citizenship just makes me shake with fear. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that. I don't know what the implications of that are. They're not good. Uh <laughs> I'll say that. Um, I don't think they ever follow up on this episode, but you know, from what we see of the Cardassians in Deep Space Nine and how they're portrayed, I mean, so uh, so this is a very. Am I supposed to be thinking about um, this? Is essentially someone saying, "Well, you know, you can be in Nazi Germany territory now, you know, but you can't. We can't help you." Like, is it like that kind of a thing almost? Yeah, kind of. Okay. I mean, maybe not quite to that degree, but I think that's a close enough analogy that it works. Yeah, of course. I mean, I yeah, no, and recognizing Nazi Germany is a very clumsy one, but right. you know, again, I don't really know what the implications of them not being under Federation protection and being, you know, considered. I mean, are they considered Cardassian citizens? Or I what? don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I think that's kind of ambiguous at the end of the episode. Yeah, um, I mean, the you know the one. You know, the the one commander is interesting. He's a character we've kind of seen from time to time before. I think most uh, the commander in face of the enemy was most recently that kind of character. But yeah, somebody who is an antagonist of the Federation and yet, you know, doesn't want, you know, that doesn't mean they want war with the Federation. Right. And, you know, they generally, you know, um, and I mean the way the, – the implication that they're going to leave having this episode is he's going to do his damnedest to say, well, look, they're just a bunch of – a couple hundred people who just want a little valley, like whatever, you know. They they are never going to – you know, they're going to keep to this territory and we don't really need that. So, you know. Um, yeah, and of course, I mean there is sort of the implication, of course, that – I mean – the the Cardassians could send hundreds of millions of Cardassians to the planet to live there, and it's a planet. They're never yeah, exactly. Them, they're you know? you know again. I think they're going to do their best to, of course, you know, given the fact that this episode very explicitly deals with the you know Native Americans being you know having a history of deals from, like that yeah. for most of their lifetime. You know, um, yeah, there is a little bit of a of a winking. The, you know, this episode makes it seem like that's going to be a temporary solution at best anyway, just because, you know, but. Well, let, I mean, let's let's talk about the Native Americans, though, because I think. And, and is... I, let's let's talk about the fact that they're all we're calling them Native Americans, that they're explicitly called Indians. In this well, episode. yeah, I... that made me that's one of those moments that I'm like, this is 20 years. Yeah, that that surprised me as well. I mean, when they keep saying the word Indian in the episode over and over again. It is like, wow, this really was a long time ago. But I mean, I remember being a kid and like in our textbook, you know, so around that time, like my textbook said Indian, you know, know, Native American around the early 90s was kind of more percolating in and being the more accepted term. This is around when that kind of switched over as far as I, you know, my understanding is. But yeah, you know, I, I, I thought that's interesting, especially considering as gen- well, it's just well, you know, as, it's, as, it's. I think it's instructive for for a couple of reasons. It's instructive because it does show us how we've sort of come a little bit further, right? And so yeah. we kind of understand that now the word Indian is is not appropriate, <laughs> right? Um, but at the same time, I think it's interesting because Star Trek, you know, the Next Generation is a show that is very much about. Uh, believing in the dignity of, yeah. every, of every individual, no matter if they're human or whatever, right? And uh, the the show using the term Indian doesn't mean what we think it means because 20 years ago, the term Indian was okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it would, I don't know that I would go so far as to say that the term Indian is offensive. I mean, I'm sure that it is it's, to it's- certain people, but uh, I think that it definitely has a connotation and there's a there's an understanding that uh, people don't use that word anymore because that's not what they want to be called. Uh, but I mean, my impl- my my guess is that you know this is the kind of thing where I, I I doubt that this episode has spurred massive protests over its use. You know, I think every you know I, I think the spirit behind it is fairly uh, like it's, it's you know it's not an epithet per se no 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 and that's you what know think, and but so that's you know what, this episode goes out of its way to you know it's just this is the term but it doesn't really you but know. that's what i mean that's what's so interesting about it is that this is kind of like one of the only episodes of the next generation that really feels like it's old because yeah. you're looking at it and you're watching it and you're like why well, i remember watching this when i was 13 and 
they're they're throwing the word around now that just seem, nobody would use that word now. Yeah, you know, and it's not used in a bad way. It's not used in a way to diminish anybody. That was just the the you know, it's a show that goes out of its way to be careful about what it calls people, and it's calling them Indians. That just shows you how different suggests, things are now. I was saying that that suggests how yeah. Um, and I mean, let, let's not be uh, unaware of the fact that given that they're on a completely different planet at this point, Native Americans might not be the most uh, accurate term anymore, but, you know. Well, and I mean, that's, you know, that's my other sort of topic of conversation about them because they are very sort of generically Hollywood Native Americans. I was going to say, the thing is like Native Americans only vaguely exists because, you know, in a lot of, you know, Different, different tribes or whatever are considered different like nations, really. Right, you know, right. they are different, entirely different cultures in right. a lot of cases. And while there may be some broader similarities, if you look at that, you know, there it's not Native American is not Native American is not Native American. You know what I mean? Like so, you know, this. Well, it's like anything. I mean, it's like people saying, you know, Africa. Yeah, exactly. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, like Africa is like what three times the size of Europe or something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's yeah. like you know, you know. Now, frankly. This is a series that has an understanding that all people from the same planet are roughly the same. So I, I don't think it's treating them any different than the way it does Vulcans or Klingons. Of course, the fact that you right, know, but... one is completely made up, one is based on a real. But, I mean, in a way, that kind of keeps it less about any specific group of Native Americans and makes it more just about the general situation because one thing you can agree on it doesn't really matter what tribe they were from we treated them shitty yeah <laughs> yeah that that is true you and know think- it's this is less hung up about the and if their culture just comes into a general well we like nature and there's spirits and we you know revere our ancestors and that's about as far as you know it goes but i don't know i think it's fairly interesting that the most cultural lectures we get about this culture are from the traveler who is not of that culture really what do you mean by that like most of the uh, uh I, you know the scenes where wesley is in the you know sweat lodge or whatever getting the vision quest oh um, yeah you yeah, know yeah. that's where the most like expository explanations of the culture comes you know oh we have these dolls they represent this you know and here you know here's what's sacred to us you know and all those kinds of things again they're not by a actual member of the culture by by someone who has temporarily adopted it and while sure. while i do not think that the traveler is incorrect about you know the traveler is not implied to be at all incorrect about their beliefs um, you know, and he has spent time and Wesley is going to spend time learning what they have to teach him, you know, and all of that. Um, yeah, that, okay. Yeah, I can see that. And I, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little, I don't know. It's a little difficult to talk about partly because I mean, frankly, I don't have as much personal knowledge of native American culture as, you know, perhaps I should, or oh, I well, like I'm to. 116th native American. <laughs> yeah, of course. You um, so I, think I always sweet those guys. What the? <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, I know. Well, it's hard to talk about because you know the traveler is is problematic because you know he is sort of like um, a white person who is explaining the Native American culture to another white person uh, who goes out and you know is the one that encourages the culture to stand up. You know, yeah. Like so there, it's kind of like what is the episode trying to say here? I don't l- think that Ron Moore really believes that 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 white people have an obligation, no. or sort of like even believes that that's appropriate. You know, I think he understands that that's sort of a problematic trope in American culture in general. But and at the, the same fact, time, you know, it happens. You well, know? I mean, so I like, would say that the. What you know, the bits about the traveler, yeah, that that that's different. But um I mean one of the things that I think is interesting is he doesn't really interact with anybody else. Like so yeah. in a way, you know, and while at the end it's fairly clear that they're going to definitely you know I think he goes they go out of his way to say that it's not their responsibility in the sense that, you know, he said, you know, he says to Wesley, like, look, they have to figure this out on their own. And the decision that they do make is a decision that they have obviously thought about on their own. You know, it's not like Wesley or the traveler were really consulted in their ultimate decision, you know, to become part of Cardassian uh, territory. And, you know, whether it's right or not, the, the, the episode leaves very ambiguous. There is no way of knowing that, but, 
it was fully their decision. And I don't think that um, – I think that while the, there are these moments, while Wesley does definitely have this moment of his conscience where he realizes like, no, that what's happening is wrong, um, that's seen more as a moment for him and – while it does seem to encourage the people to, you know, rebel, it's a very, you know, it's so it's it's a very good night, you know, chant, you know, moment to chant about. I don't think that he's, you know, it's not like the rest of the episode ends with him becoming their spiritual leader or, you know, he's leading the rebellion against the the Federation or anything like that. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I, I think you're right. And I think that, you know, what, what, what that really indicates or what I think maybe that's what that's supposed to mean is – uh, uh, just how naive Wesley is, really. Yeah, you know, and he's got a lot of you know piss and vinegar, and he's very into this right now. And he he's a teen who so suddenly has something to believe in, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so impressionable is the word. You know, yeah. he's, he's very impressionable, and so he's he's sort of like this is the episode about Wesley figuring out what he wants, and and you know as he said in the episode, he was sort of pushed along the Starfleet path his entire yeah. life by his father, by his mother, by Picard, by Riker, you know, and, and even by Geordi to a certain degree. And also how hilarious is it that the, the first person who comes to greet Wesley after his mother is Geordi. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Cause they want to, he wants to sleep with Wesley still. Oh my God. He's so sad that he can't, uh, bone Wesley in this episode. I know they're, he's legal now. So he could, I would say he's so, the second. He turns legal. The traveler appears and says, let's go together like he was fucking weighed and it's like look i don't that's okay like the two of them are allowed to have this relationship together i you know if wesley and the traveler want a bone i'm all right with that you know i'm very glad that the traveler waited oh i am too yeah but i mean the traveler apparently has power over space and time so he can just go in the future i I was gonna say maybe he did maybe this is like the traveler before he met wesley the first time i don't know oh my god Uh, (laughs) but you know i think that i think you're right i think it is kind of like shaded and i think there's a lot of shading in the episode i just think that you know and we'll we can talk more about wesley in a minute but you know maybe just to, to put the native american stuff to bed like uh i don't know i feel like it's an episode that that really wants to uh, say something about the 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 impact that this had on Native American culture, and I think that it's something that isn't talked about enough generally in in American culture and and, and on American in the American yeah. media. You know, um, I think that people just generally don't think about it. You know, and and one of the more eye opening things for me. Uh, you know, was was when I first started traveling out west a couple years ago, and just sort of like seeing how many Native American reservations you pass through yeah. out there. You know, it's you, we don't really. Th- I mean, I was growing say, up I've in never the been on a reservation. You don't really never... think about it, and it's kind of a joke. Oh well, they have casinos in Connecticut or whatever. But you know, it's it's not funny. Like it's really horrible, and there's a lot of 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 discussion and a lot of ink spilled about you know, slavery and the civil rights movement and, and sort of all of that stuff. But we don't really talk that much about uh, essentially the genocide of, of, of many, many different cultures yeah. that, that lived here for, for hundreds of years, perhaps thousands of years before Europeans came. So, yeah, I'm on board with this. I think it's a good thing to talk about. I think it's something that makes sense for the universe. And I think that it's treated with the appropriate amount of discomfort and care that you would want Starfleet and Picard in general to really uh, uh, deal with this. You know, I'm thinking about, number one, this is not that different from, I mean, we've we've seen these kind of groups within other planets, you know, talking about, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the way the Bajorans have been treated or, um, you know, and I, I assume that Deep Space Nine goes in more into them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. You know, but, the, but what we see, you know, the, the treatment of Indians in this episode is not that different from the treatment of the Bajorans and Ensign Rowe, you know, for example. And this is a very interesting choice in that it's saying, well, you know, it's very easy to have an opinion about the Cardassians and the Bajorans because it's a fictional thing. You know, it's whatever, you know, so, you know, obviously we're weighted heavily in terms of the Bajorans on Next Generation at least. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it doesn't have any – you know, saying you like the Bajoran, saying you like the Cardassian doesn't say anything about you. Yeah. This is an episode that's forcing us to recognize chapters in actual American Earth history and from the actual culture that produced this show. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
and basically be like, what the fuck was up with this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in a way which, you know, I, 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 I mean, you know, Picard's reaction when he's, you know, dealing with the, fe- you know, realizing that he's going to be yet another link in this chain that's happened, you know, over and over again is, you know, you know, I, I think that's a, like I said, we, you know, we, maybe the, you know, the wording is a little dated in a lot of ways, but the, yeah. the themes and the messages of the episode are a little, are, are something that's still not really talked about or accepted or dealt with much. Well, and the other thing too, that I think, yeah, I agree with you, but it, it you know, the, the thing that I just realized, Hell, we're is still that, stuck about the fact that we can't decide whether the Redskins is an offensive team name. Yeah. But this conversation, you know, really is making me remember or realize that, um, America is, is well behind a lot of other, yeah. uh, uh, former colonies of, of European powers in that, you know, Canada has dealt with this, uh, Australia has dealt with this to some degree. You know, I mean, there's a there's an entire province oh, yeah. in Canada that um, was was constructed, you know, 20 years ago um, for for native peoples. Um, it's very much a part of their culture that they talk about it and and sort of you know. And we don't I mean, do that. I got here. it. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, and maybe you know, this is just a total confirmation bias thing on my. Part, but I, I find I see people talking more about like the situations of Aboriginals in Australia than they are about Native Americans in America. It could just be who I happen to follow on Twitter or whatever. Well, but... and this is a horrible thing to say, but I think it's true is that, you know, America just did a better job of killing them. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know, and no, I'm no, trying, no, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to be funny. It's, no, it's, I, it's I, awful. I, it's, it's horrible, but uh, yeah, they really did. Like, you know, Americans were really good at it and just got rid of 99% of them. I mean, you know, it's terrible. It, it, it is probably, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too down into, you know, too down the road of my own personal political beliefs, but suffice it to say, I'm not a huge fan of America. Uh, in general, for, for various reasons. But, yeah, I think that that's really true. And so what I think is interesting about Journey's End is that it does at least go a little bit towards confronting that. And it's 20 years old, and we still are arguing over whether or not the Washington Redskins is offensive. Yeah. Like, hey, spoiler alert, it is. <laughs> Change your fucking name. But, no, like, it, it's true. Like, you know, when I – you know, the, the conversation – I see tons of conversations on sexuality, on on – race in terms of like, you know, African Americans specifically on uh you know, religious issues, on all of these things, and I see nothing in terms of, you know, Native American, you know, it doesn't exist. No, you know? it doesn't. I think it is I honestly I do I do think it exists more out west. Well, you know, yeah. To a certain degree. But it's stuff like, you know, I, I'm very much in the video game community. I don't see these discussions no you know people are right. asking you know how do we get more women devs developers how do we get more black developers you know stuff like that which are legitimate questions we should be asking yeah, sure, you know and yeah, stuff absolutely. like that but you know i don't see i haven't seen everybody talking for how do we get native american representation in games that's better right you know right especially because i've played you know enough games that feature you know Native Americans as characters. I mean, I'm thinking most recently Wasteland 2, which had, you know, an, yeah, an American, yeah. you know, a Native American character who's basically just like, oh, you know, Mother Sky and, you know, the Great Spirit, and that's about it. Right, right. Well, I don't think Americans have a good understanding in general yeah. of, of Native American culture. So, Frankly, I think it... But I think... I mean, does, does it, to me, it almost more makes sense that we lump it into Native American culture rather than dealing with the fact that they were different cultures. Well, sure, exactly. Frankly, that sounds worse. (laughs) Well, you know, but I mean, there's a certain degree to which you just have to kind of expand it out because this is what the episode is about. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not not about the Lakota. It's not about, you know, but no, and which was a correct decision because that, you know, in a way, it's not about the Hopi. It's not about the Delaware. It's not about, you know, I mean, this, this group of colonists on this planet, do stand in right. for and also i mean too the episode does very explicitly uh use picard as a stand-in for the audience in this episode by making him uh complicit in this event yeah in the eyes of the native americans in the episode you know because they very 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 explicitly say that you know they believe that uh they are responsible for the the actions of their ancestors and so they say picard is an ancestor of this guy who or was an ancestor of this, yeah. you know, who who did this horrible thing, uh, and yeah, Picard for the most part feels like that's not my problem. Like it doesn't, and you know, there 
one of the things about this is, you know, this is something that, you know, the traveler in the guise of, you know, in his guise says, but, um, uh, uh, um, you know, he says to Wesley, like, look, it doesn't matter if you believe you're sacred or not, you know, we believe that, you know, and that's what we're dealing with here. Um, you know, these, the people, the Indians in the episode, and, uh, I find myself saying Indians to represent the group in the episode just as a shorthand, you know, because they're not a real culture in a way, but I don't know. Um, anyway, I say Native Americans because I'm not a racist. Oh, yeah. Um, the point is... <laughs> um, well, okay, so let's, let's let, I mean, aside from, from that sort of, you know, I don't think we're going to come to any conclusions. We're not going to solve this question, right? Because <laughs> there's just no way. I mean, this is going on for, you know, since 1500 yeah. or whatever. This is not going to be solved on a Star Trek podcast by two assholes who live in Brooklyn. But what if it uh, is? Well, then. Well, then we can win the Nobel, Trek about, won the Nobel Peace Prize for 2015. Setting all that aside. Let's talk about Wesley, because I think that he's the least interesting part of the episode in a lot of ways. You know, in yes and no, it is a, it is it's not the so this is the conclusion of Wesley. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, For he's the, never really seen again. OK, very briefly in one of the movies. OK, but that's um, it. but this is not the conclusion I expected for Wesley, but it's. But, I, but it's I, a satisfying one. I, I, I know what you mean, and I, I, I that was set up very explicitly by Ron Moore. Yeah, because for, well, but in a way, in a way, this conflict in this episode is the fact that he's getting a different future. That because everybody expected that future for him. That yeah, event, you know, he's going to graduate from the academy. You know, thirty years he'll be captain. You know, he'll be admiral. You know, he's going to be Riker. He's going to be Picard. Right. You know, that's what everyone's expecting from him, and that's what he's expecting from himself. And the fact that he, you know, essentially goes to have a Carlos Castaneda experience, and that's going to be his life. You know, yeah. is um, again, it's unexpected, but I mean, it's the kind of thing where you know, I don't really like Wesley, but there are degrees. <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, shocking. Yeah. Um, there is a very real degree to which I kind of get Wesley a lot because, you know, and especially in this episode makes, you know, you know, same thing for me. I'm an only child. I was smart as a kid. You know, you have a, the, when he talks about, you know, the pressure and expectations and all those things like that makes a lot of sense. Sure. And, sure. You know, the fact that he is set up, you know, Wesley is one of those people who can write his ticket basically. If yeah. he wants to, whatever, you know, you know, I think we talked once about, you know, why is Wesley joining Starfleet, you know, joining the Academy when he's already on the, you know, he's already on the bridge. He's an ensign, you know, what does he need to do that for? And I think the, you know, one of the things I said was like, well, you know, whatever he does, you know, they're making damn sure well, he goes to college. You know, if he, if he, he, they don't want that to, you know, as long as he's under his mother's and Picard's and Riker's uh, and Geordie's, you know. In their frame of view, sure, they're making sure he gets his degree because sure. he's damn well being captain, you know. And you know, I think this episode saying that, well, that's you know not the right path for him, but he is going to see as much. He is going to get, you know. I, I think this episode makes it clear that even though he's not doing the right path, you know, even though he's not doing the Easiest. Well, I wouldn't say the right path. I would say the expected path. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, you know, I, the listeners can't see I made air quotes. Uh-huh. You know, the right path according to, you know, what Picard and what Crusher and what everybody around him has done. Um, you know, the standard path, the easy path. You know, he ha- he isn't taking that. He's taking a much more, you know, a stranger path. Well, but yeah, but I think it's I think it's a little more subtle than that because, you know, just just for a little bit of context for you, you know, one of the things that Ron Moore said about this episode is that he wanted to send Wesley off into a different direction because to a certain extent he was tired of everyone wanting to be in Starfleet. Yeah. Like, you know, if you watch Star Trek, it's almost like Starfleet is the only thing anybody in the universe ever does, right? Uh, We do see civilians from time to time, but they're not there very much. And so he wanted to take a character that had some history with the audience and and was very much in that mold that Starfleet was where he wanted to be and Starfleet was where he was expected to be because where else would you go? And to say, yeah. no, he doesn't want to do it. Let's ha- let's send him off to do something else. And frankly, and, something that's not that different from what he would have been doing in Starfleet because 
you know, he's he's going off to explore strange new worlds and go where no one's gone before and, you know, meet up with these different cultures and well, get right. all the, you know, so he's going to be doing, again, his goals will still be the same. He still wants to see a lot and do a lot and help but I, people. But Yeah, but I like that, I, I agree with that, but what I like about this episode in particular is that it doesn't portray Wesley as having a ton of angst about it. Like, yeah. to a certain degree, yes, he's being a little moody and, you know, he's having issues, but... Um, I think a lot of that is more self-inflicted than anything else because, you know, the 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 understanding that the episode seems to to portray of Picard and of Beverly and and, and of her, you know her her dead husband um, and all the people that Wesley knew is not that they were really pushing him into going into Starfleet, but more that they're all in Starfleet. And that's where they live. They live on starships. Well, they're they're surrounded yeah. by Starfleet officers, and so it, it was less. It was it was more that they had a lack of imagination for Wesley well, more mean, than anything else. It's you know kind what of I mean? The thing where I mean, pushing isn't the right word. I would say Wesley's one of those people. Who was his problem was everybody encouraged him too much. You know what I mean? Like he. Uh, yeah, sure. You, yeah. Know, you know, that's the thing. Like if if Wesley were just anyone else, anyone's kid on this ship, you know, they're they're going to go. Yes. Let's say a good three quarters of the kids on on the Enterprise right now end up going through Starfleet Academy and have a job on a starship at some point. Right. Many of them, yes, are going to be because, you know, that's where they are. That's what they do because they figure that's the best way, you know, they have the best resources, you know, if there's – you know, for whatever reason. But, you know, yeah, there are going to be a bunch of people who just, you know, decide to do other things. And But it won't be as big of a deal because he's not Wesley. Again, he has – his mother is the chief medical officer on 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 the ship. He, you know, his um, his almost de facto father is the captain. You know, he's very close with the chief engineer and the first officer. You know, and the most interesting and smart android on the like. But you know, what's everybody in- is going to be saying, "Well, you can go anywhere you want to," and you know, we're not letting you hold back. You can do this, Wesley. You know, like again, Wesley's one of those people who feels pressure because he's been encouraged too much, not because he's been pushed. You're giving me an odd look. Here. I don't know how I feel about that, but all right. Uh, yeah, to a certain degree, I can agree well, with that. I'm not, um, to a certain know, extent, I can agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, Wesley is an interesting character to me just because uh, he was supposed to be sort of the audience stand in for, for a certain, for a certain, you know, percentage of the audience or whatever. Um, and it turned out that he was tiresome <laughs> and, you know, is well, this, so was that percentage of the, no. <laughs> and so is he, is this a good send off for him? Well, I think it is, you know, I, mean, and I think, I, you know, I think we haven't talked about the episode where Picard, you know, sort of like just, just, you know, uh, uh, dresses him down for, for his actions on the planet. And, you know, if you're talking about, you're talking about Wesley being encouraged too much. Um, I think that, uh, in that sense, that uh, that scene is very much about Wesley understanding that and about breaking with that. Yeah, because well, Picard is very much basically saying, "Look, you you disappointed me. You are a Starfleet officer. You need to uh, agree with the. You don't need to agree with my action with my orders, but you need to carry them out." And Wesley is just not having any of it, and he's not being. A Brad, he's not being disrespectful. He's not yelling and throwing things. No, he things. he he, he very resigns much... as an adult in that scene. He does not lose his temper. Well, I think that is the scene where we see Wesley become an adult. Yeah, I mean, the first part of the episode, he's a surly teenager because he feels very depressed and trapped. And as this pretty much the second he's told, you don't have to, follow, you know, he needs to be given permission to choose his own path. And you know this vision of his father gives him permission says you know it's okay figure out what you want to do from the pretty much from that second he says all right i'm good you know and he's happy for the rest of the episode he knows what he wants to do yeah and he's not busy fighting with anybody you know what i think is very interesting about this episode um and i guess we'll talk about necheyev and picard for a second but this episode is very uh, you know even the, you know the cardassian captain has some issues about, you know, what he's expected to do, even though he's in this position of power, what he has to make, what, you know, yeah. everybody's dealing with orders. I'm thinking about the fact that in Lower Decks, you had this bartender who was the most socially free character in the episode because he didn't have to, you know, as not a member of Starfleet, he doesn't have to pay attention to the hierarchy. You right, know? right. He can, and so, you know... Picard and Uche have both agree that what's happening on this planet is wrong. You know, if they had one, if they were not beholden to what Starfleet decided, you know, they would both decide very differently. And 
you know, I think a lot of this episode is Wesley deciding that, you know, his conscience matter. You know, he can't follow his conscience within the strictures of Starfleet and that following the conscience is the more important thing to do. In a way, he leaves Starfleet so he can do whatever he wants. Again, he's not going to stop. You know, Wesley's not going to spend his life as a bum. He's not going to hurt people. He's going to spend his time and use his powers and abilities to learn about people and to help people and to, you know, meet new people and to spread that spirit of, you know, diplomacy and, you know, friendship that Starfleet is, you know, exists to do. He's just going to do it in a way that he's a little freer about that. Frankly, this is something that I think the discussions with Nikolai and Worf, you know, was echoing as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I guess that leads us to, you know, sort of the end of the episode where, where Wesley is revealed to have magic powers. Um, which, yeah, how did you feel about that? Well, I mean, at least they made it clear that he wasn't stopping time. He was shifting to another position of time, which <sighs> we've talked a bit about in the past, you know, a few episodes about, you know, can we accept this or not? And this is one I could accept. It just felt a little too Harry Potterish oh, for yeah, me. yeah, totally did. But, you know. You know, I mean, seeing The Traveler again was interesting. And I like the fact that the, the, the show is sort of wrapping up loose ends in that way. But... Yeah, that was a little too far for me. And, uh, you know, the Traveler, again, is just sort of like a generic stand in. For... He's a he's a first he's a freshman. He's a freshman year episode that didn't uh, pan out well in this season. But, you know, something it's it felt very closure. And, you know, again, Wesley seems happy that he's doing that. I think, you yeah, know, yeah, whether what whatever I think about it at the end, Wesley ended happy. So that's that's OK. Okay, that's fair. Um, and I guess the last thing to talk about before we end the episode is Nechayev and Picard. Because I like the way they've been developing. I mean, yes and no. It's, well, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, in a similar situ- in a similar way to Lower Ducks, which Lower Decks, not Lower Ducks. I would love that episode. <laughs> which was very... Well, just watch a Geico commercial, dude. <laughs> about what Picard's actions look like to people who don't know what the fuck he's thinking or doing yeah, or what orders he's getting or who's telling him what to do. Uh, that's kind of how Picard is viewing Nechev. Yeah. And so in this episode, it's kind of seen that Nechev is kind of taking the mask off a little bit and kind of telling Picard that she actually agrees with him or yeah. that she disagrees with them. Well, I, th- I think the two of them have always, you know, the two of them will go about things differently. I think, she, you know, she is much more by the, you know, she's not never going, going to have 13, you know, prime directive violations on her file. You know, probably the fact that she's admiral, you know, is because Maybe she, she does. Have... Who knows? But, I mean, you know, know. Like, you know, the, the, the sense that I get from her, is she is a very guarded person. And I mean, we've seen, we know who Picard is very intimately because we see him in his, you know, with his confidants, you know. Yeah. Nechev, you know, Nechev is probably how Picard comes off to a lot of people. Be- yeah, because, you know, She's not telling him. She's not very warm and fuzzy. Right. She's very much her role. And well, I think in a lot of ways, Picard and Shay are very similar. And yeah, that's well, why... this is their episode where they're realizing, though they have different methods. Maybe though, she she's probably again another one who's a little more. I wouldn't say she's as much a military person, but she is definitely more about the intelligence than right. Picard is. You know, right? Um, she's into the probably more knows more about the espionage end of things. You know that that's yeah, kind of her yeah. beat. Yeah. Um, but the t- I think that the you know the episode you know she comes in she's all you know worried and then you know he's made a food that she really likes and I mean that's her realizing you know all right he's trying you know and she gives a little and you know the two of them at least get to the point where if they'll never be friends you know they at least recognize you know something we at the end of the day have the same goals we want peace in the galaxy we want. You know, we want to learn about other people. You know, we're both Federation members. We're both Starfleet people, you know, and, you know, they have that at least in common. And, you know, throughout the episode, you know, it's interesting because, you know, he says, well, you need to tell Starfleet this, you know, and she says, well, I did two days ago. You know, she thinks just as much as Picard does. Maybe before this episode, she wouldn't have said, you know, look, I talked to Starfleet and they said no, you know, she might not have felt the comfortable enough revealing that to him um and she would have come off as you know cold and not you know willing to try you know but this is her saying like look we're both dealing with the same stone wall here you know right and i think it's interesting because that has some resonances with the cardassian captain too because 
I think their conversation when he finally convinces the Cardassian to stand down, he says, look, I lost two sons in the war, you know. Picard and the Cardassian are realizing, look, we are on two very different sides, but at the end of the day, we all do want peace. And, you know, if we need to back down a little and, you know, be a little, you know, lose a little pride, you know, for that, that's at least something in common. Yeah, yeah. You know, I this episode so. is about, I think, realizing things one has in common, and you know, the, some of the responsibilities one has to that to peace. I think that's a good way to leave it. Okay, I agree with that. That's a good summation. I like summation. Um, I will give this episode seven. Oh, I was going to give it eight, but I thought you liked it more than I did, so maybe I'll give it six. There you go. All right. Well, if you would like to uh, share your thoughts on either one of these episodes, please do so in the post at trekaboutshow.com in the comments. Please follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash trekaboutshow. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekaboutshow. And leave us a positive iTunes review, which helps new listeners find the show. And old listeners realize what they should like about it. Next week, we are rapidly reaching the end of the seventh season. Oh, my God. End of The Next Generation. Oh, my God. We have three episodes left what? of Trek About. That few. Yeah. Not of the whole show. Oh. Because then we'll go into movies and Deep Space Nine and Voyager. and Ener- We're not stopping. Oh. Just ending with Deep Space with The Next Generation. Mm. Uh, next week we're talking about Firstborn, which is, yeah, and Bloodlines. Which is? It's fine. <laughs>